What's up guys welcome to Everyday 101 this is Karan i am a career and mindset coach and today i have a very special guest with me her name is Angela so just a brief about Angela so Angela is actually an entrepreneur she is a productivity consultant and she runs an agency called GSD Creative and i would like you to hear about her from herself so Angela just you know can you just tell me a little bit about what you do and how you do it yeah absolutely so this is gosh i've been an entrepreneur for over two decades and i started out in healthcare though so i went to college to be a psychologist and liked mental health and i love helping people but it wasn't the road for me it really taught me a lot about people and how to understand people and communicate with people which for us the foundation is communication and customizing the message the way that clients and team members need to hear it so that we make sure that we are all on the same page and so after doing a few years in healthcare my family had a wedding venue on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in the United States and I somehow ended up with a wedding planning business um and doing luxury events and traveling around the world and helping people really create that custom experience that they wanted for their guest and so that's been almost 20 years and also in 2010 where i'm from our town flooded and so a lot of our friends and creative entrepreneurs they lost everything unfortunately but for me a business was born out of productivity because i knew how effective being paperless and properly using the cloud to run a business was selling like a security blanket and so in 2010 i just did it for fun and then here we are a decade later and some of my creative entrepreneur friends are still coming back to me asking about productivity because of what happened with the pandemic in 2020. So that's really what we're focused on over the past few years. GSD Creative stands for get shit done and we help companies and entrepreneurs be the most productive that they can be. Wow, Angela, that's great. Actually, you know, you made something good out of something bad and Yep. Uh, So it it's really amazing how you are helping people to tune in that productivity because that is the you know even as a career coach I get a lot of questions like that every single day I get how do I increase my productivity and I'll answer ask you some of those questions as well uh, the questions that I get from people time to time but sure how do you exactly see productivity what is productivity according to you sure so for us we have created a four step system and we call them the four p's <laughs> and so the first one is people and understanding who you are hiring to be part of your team because if you're not hiring the right people for the right role then that is going to bring productivity way down for the team and oftentimes it brings toxicity into the company culture because you've put someone in place and they don't love what they're doing and their brain's not wired to do it so that's the first thing is people the second thing is processes and making sure that all of the processes that you as a leader have created that it's out of your head and it's actually not just on paper somewhere or not just in a notebook somewhere but it's actually in a Google Doc or a doc that's in Dropbox and it's labeled appropriately and so a lot of our processes are all paperless and making sure that everything is safe in the cloud the third thing 
is all about really productivity and what type of technology and software are you going to invest in for your company. A lot of the stuff that we use is absolutely free up into a certain amount of space. But typically, if you run a profitable company, you're okay with investing in a little bit of software to help your company run better. And a lot of people are overwhelmed and they just don't know where to start because there's so many options now. And then the fourth, last but not least, but it's certainly making sure that you're actually being profitable in your company. Because if you're not being profitable and you're just running a company for your passion, you really can make a profit doing what you love. You just have to make sure that you surround yourself with the right people and that you are following some type of a strategy and you've got to know your numbers. So those are the four pillars that we use to GSD. Oh, that's that's great. Actually, you g- just gave me that model, which can I can also use to, you know, to if I'll hire some people later on in my life or even in my personal life, maybe I can look into it and I can use it. But do you actually think that productivity is something that can be taught? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and the reason that I know it can be taught is because in 2010, when I started hosting classes just for free for my friends, even my parents and their friends would come, they would all get a shiny iPhone <laughs> and they don't know how to use it. And so just with the basic understanding of how to be more productive. So I'll give you one great example. Um, my mother, for example, she loves post-it notes and she loves writing things down, but it's scattered. It's all over the place. And when you're trying to actually run a company, you can't delegate like that. And what if your office burnt down or your home burnt down and you can't sit around and think that's never going to happen to me because I've seen it happen to my patients. I've seen it happen to my friends. I've been through fires. I've been through floods. I've been through tornadoes. I mean, back in March in where I'm from, two streets over, a tornado came through and completely ripped out some of my friends' businesses and their homes. And so, you know, that the insurance talk is a whole different talk. But from the business perspective, when you have your stuff safe and you don't have a bunch of paper all around you, then you can actually sleep better at night and you can teach productivity because it's simply a habit. And so even when people come to my Apple classes, because we only teach on Apple technology, and if they're right-handed, I'll duct tape their hand, their left hand to their leg so that they learn how to really use a MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air because they don't take the time to go to the free Apple classes. And also those those classes are great. That's actually how I learned many years ago, but they're not specific for entrepreneurs and leaders. And a lot of the team members that we train, they're over 50 years old. And usually they have a lot of negative just energy. They're like, I'm not going to change. And you can't take a, teach a old dog new tricks. But then by the end of the day, because I've taken them through a psychology methodology, I've customized the message that's going to work for them so that they can buy in and understand the value. And then by the end of the day, the people that just come in with an iPhone, they're like, maybe I should buy a MacBook computer. This isn't so hard. So it's just a matter of stopping and thinking about your needs and thinking about your goals, even personal goals. It it doesn't, it, it really works for anybody. You don't have to run a business. You don't have to have team, even if you're a mom with four kids, that's my sister, teaching them and even the young kids, like 
how to maneuver and understand how to work their shiny little objects other than just texting, it definitely can be taught 100%. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's a handful. Actually, you know, that that's really something that people should hear because, you know, you are really using those the psychology tricks to actually give something different because this is the first time, you know, I'm hearing all of this that you can use psychology to actually uh, run this whole productivity thing. Uh, and, and how long does it take, you know, uh, to see a change in that productivity among people? Well, really, we we really like to um, oversee it for at least 90 days, because typically, if you look at research, it says that um, it takes between 60 and 90 days to form and create a new habit. And the first week, sometimes people are really uh, pissed. <laughs> like they're like, Oh my God, you took my pen and paper away from me. But you have to, you have to put a little personality and humor into it. And you also have to have accountability partners and coaches and coworkers. And so if you have a coworker there, or you have someone from my team that is going to support your team to make sure that any questions they run into or any problems or any frustrations or challenges so they don't revert back to their old habits. And then if they do revert back, there's some type of an accountability partner or person where they're working together in teams. And so again, it really depends on the type of personality you are because some personalities take on new things because they love change and they love to learn and they're going to adopt it because they're excited for the outcome and they're excited for the results. But then there's another type of person where they're very reluctant to change. They get very frustrated very easily. And so the messaging and the support is a little bit different depending on the personality. But the, the number one thing I will say is we we as a team make ourselves available so that if people get frustrated, they know that they can count on us and call on us to answer their questions and fix it. The number one thing from a productivity standpoint that we do for our clients is we video everything. We record everything. And so oftentimes we are recording our screens and we are giving them the tools. So it's like, Hey, if you forget to do this, then remember you can go here, click here. Sometimes we just put a shortcut on their desktop just to make it easy for the first 90 days. And they've got those videos there to refer back to. And then also with, with, you know, the social media, it's a love hate relationship, but I do love how I can reach so many people and I ask them, I'm like, go follow us and go follow our team and you can watch our videos. And while some people need a little bit of inspiration and they need a little bit of handholding, like we have learned that if we're there to support them, that the outcome is much, much better. So typically it's, it's about a 90 day commitment. Wow. So 90 days and you can turn the things around, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So do you only focus on uh, businesses or do you also focus on personal coaching? No, we just focus on really, so we, we focus on a entrepreneur or a leader or a business owner that has a company. And we do have other businesses that we collaborate with 
who they focus on the personal brands and they focus on building up a personal person. And typically those people do have team members that are focused just on that person. But typically we're focusing on products and services that can really get out there to the community and to the consumer. It's very similar in the strategy, but it's a different message when you're trying to meet a consumer. And so we really want to focus on how to teach a company and a team to reach a consumer. But like I said, we do collaborate with people who are helping, you know, one-on-one brands and people to grow. Oh, wow. So guys, if you really need to work on your productivity, or if you think your team really needs to work on productivity, you know who you need to contact to. And I'll just mention her email down in the information, and then you can check it out and you can send her an email. Right. So absolutely. So Angela, when we talk about productivity, we also talk about time management. So how important is time management in your scheme of things, like how you work on it? So how important is this time management? Yeah, time management is really the first building block to making sure that you're being productive with your time. And so the number one thing for me personally, and as well as my team and my company, we time block and we track everything. And I didn't used to be like this until I got a mentor years ago who challenged me and asked me, how are you making money? Where are your numbers? How are you spending your time? Why are you saying yes to everything? When, and especially women, because we like to give value and we like to feel needed, but you have to stop sometimes and think, okay, I'm giving the value and yes, it feels good, but I'm also getting value. And is this the right place for me to be giving that value and getting that value? And so that really hit me hard. And it actually took uh, my father and my sister got sick years ago and my dad got cancer and my sister got ALS. And I really had to take a step back from the company and start to take care of them and help them. And, um, you know, it's, it's a big undertaking, but it actually took that and someone I love and getting sick to, to see like, you know, it's like God hit me over the head, like pay attention. Your dad's not going to be here forever. Your sister's not going to be here forever. Your family needs you right now. And so luckily I had a great team in place so I could take some time off and that really, it kind of forced me, but in a really good way to challenge when I say yes to something and when I put something on my calendar, is it a good use of my time? And am I going to be helping others in the way I want to help them? And so I really stopped saying yes to everything. And I had to make a strategy for the company each year and make three goals, not too many goals, but three goals. And if it wasn't in an alignment, if an opportunity came up and it wasn't in alignment with what my goals were for that year, then right now the answer is thank you so much for thinking of us. But right now we are focused on our goals. I hate saying no. I hate telling people no. But that is the key to making sure that you are protecting your time. And so calendar blocking, and so we block off chunks for our clients to work with them, to work behind the scenes. We color code all of our calendars, and you can really look at the color coding within a week and tell, like, did I have a balanced week? Like, you know, you hear that phrase, work-life balance, like it can exist, but you actually have to create that for yourself. And so with the color coding on the calendar, I can quickly see within a week's time, how many meetings do I have? How much client work behind the scenes do I have? How much me time do I have? Like going to the gym, how much family time do I have? So everything is assigned to a color 
so that we can really make sure that we are spending our time wisely because you end up when, when loved ones start, you know, dying around you, you really start to learn like, oh my gosh, like life can be taken at any moment. And am I really making a difference in doing what I want to do and what I want to be known for and what legacy I want to leave here on earth before I go? So if you start to think of that your and put your mindset in that way, then you really start to understand the whole time management thing. Wow. So, you know, this is the exact same thing that I was doing up until now. And uh, I was also saying yes to everything. Yes, I can help you. Yes, I can help you. And, you know, it did eat up my a lot of time because I was also working on something else side by side. And I need to focus on that as well. So I did what I ended up doing was that I cut up, you know, some of the clients that I uh, could take on. So I just focused on that criteria. But yes, I can use the techniques that you're giving. So when we talk about these time management, you know, there is this debate that has been going on time management versus task management. So what do you support? What do you think is more important? Or can we use them in sync? Yeah, so task management, there are four different personalities in a psychology methodology that we use. And it's all with colors and pictures. It sounds very elementary, but it works. <laughs> and so there's four colors. There's gold, green, blue, and orange. And gold people are masters, masters at completing tasks. And so when you're not in that, that time and headspace of being good at doing tasks, you outsource those tasks. And so... When I first owned a business for about the first seven years, to be exact, I thought I had to do it all by myself because nobody was going to do it the way I did it. And But then I, I tapped more into my psychology degree and took a step back. And it's like, okay, I can't build a company or an empire and make a difference in the world by myself. You just can't. And so that's when I started to put my psychology practices into place. And, and I knew that golds were very good doing the task. And so when you set up your company that way, or you set it up, you know, even if you're a mom just running a household, if you understand the personalities of your partner and your children and your, and the teachers, and then you can start to really understand, like, I'm amazing at making a task list and putting it in a software. But the key is to outsource it to the right person that loves doing tasks they own it, they take accountability. But my key to, to making them happy is making sure that I'm clear, I'm communicating exactly what needs to be done and setting a time frame and a deadline. And so if I just told my team like, hey, you go do this and hey, you go do this. And then, you know, depending on their personality, some just try to do it their way, which then I come back, I'm like, that's not what I was thinking, but that's my fault because I wasn't clear. And then another type of personality, they actually can't move forward because it's like they have a mental block until they get the answers that they need to clarify. And so as a leader, I've had to learn to be open to making sure that I'm a clear communicator, which I'm still working on it today. And I challenge my team. I'm like, please ask me questions. If you don't understand something, please clarify it. And so a tool that we use, um, we use an app called Todoist for all of our tasks. And each of our team members has their own task. And then 
you know, it's my job to make sure I'm communicating correctly. And so we use a free video texting app called Marco Polo. And so we video text each other back and forth to make sure that they understand exactly what needs to be done. And sometimes it's like a simple task, like, hey, go renew our our website URLs. But then it's like, well, which which business credit card do we use? And how many years do you want to renew them for? Because if you do it for five years, you get a better deal. And so it's like over time, I've learned that. So I would say, hey, go renew all of our URLs, use the Amex on file, and let's do it for five years for the three that are about, about to expire. And so it helps you become a better leader when you outsource your task. Because as a leader, if you're just doing tasks and you're answering emails all day, it's not a good use of your time and it doesn't free up your mental space <clears throat> to grow the company. Oh, wow. So that that's uh, right away. We have this amazing leadership hack that you just gave us, you know, the biggest people who come to my podcast, listening to it, they also look towards leadership qualities. And this is one of them, right? Task management. And you just gave that one hack that you really had. So, you know, when we talk about some actionable advice, what is one actionable advice that you would give that a person can start being productive right now or from tomorrow? So what you can start doing first is mapping out your calendar and how you want to spend your time. Like that's the very first thing from a time management, from an overall productivity it perspective is stop using a pen. <laughs> and I know that I have a lot of people that I teach and they're like, but I have to write it down. Well, guess what? Apple, and, and I'm sure there's other products that do it too. They have a pen or, you know, an, a pencil that comes with an iPad. And there's even back in the day when I used to have a Blackberry, there was something that came out out of the BlackBerry that had like a little pen or a pencil that was attached to a smartphone. And so starting to electronically, if you have to write it down, I would recommend writing it down that way. Or if you write it down on paper or on a whiteboard, which listen, I use whiteboards for strategies all day long. But then at the end of the day, we take a picture and we make sure that our phone is synced to our Dropbox or our iCloud and we take a picture of all of those things and it's all searchable. And one of the apps that I love is Evernote because you can write things down and, you know, if, if it's legible people, like if you're scribbling, yeah. like some doctors do, you know, it's gotta be legible. Then you can take a picture and then make sure your stuff is backed up in the cloud so that you are able to search your notes and you are able to find your things. And that way you don't have clutter around you. You don't have a bunch of paper around you. So those are two actionable things where people say, well, where do I get started that I would really recommend starting? <laughs> wow. That's, you know, since 10 years, I'm also using some of those techniques, uh, especially I have this complete, you know, being organized, stay organized. And what I used to do is, you know, we used to have just a lot, so much data we used to, you know, handle since last 10 years. And one simple trick that I use just keep, you know, whenever I did something, I made something, I kept them in the right folders on my desktop or laptop or phone. So it, you know, that management, you know, it starts from there. These little things are really helpful, right? And I think I'm sure that the tricks and tips that you are giving and the tools that you are using, especially the free tools, I think they would be really helpful for anyone who is looking towards being productive. So exactly at that point, you know, uh, because I have been on my entrepreneurial journey for just last one year, so I don't have much experience. But 
since i started i used to you know see my day as 24 hours and i think that 24 hours is so less so how do i maximize my productivity and if i do that am i actually maximizing my productivity how do we actually know that we are maxed out on our productivity well the way that you measure it is you have to put a goal in place you have to put a measurable goal in place so for example right now we are working on launching a new online program called GSD Academy. So we have people that are all around the world that they're not quite to the point to where they need hands-on consulting, but they need to get started. And so we built an online course where people could go and get, you know, get shit done GSD. But to build those courses and in the middle of trying to do client work, we have to block time because sleep is very important. I didn't sleep for about the first 10 years of, of building a company. And then I started to get sick and travel. And my, you know, family physician is like, honey, you got to sleep eight hours. You got to have some sleep. And so, you know, again, that balance is very important because your mind is not ready to work all the time if you're not getting enough, enough sleep. And so, but, but to really make sure that you're being productive is you've got to block the time towards one goal that is actually measurable. And so that's how we know that we are actually maximizing and being the most productive that we can be. And then there's still times where, you know, life isn't perfect and I'll have something blocked for a work day. And then my niece or my nephew would get sick my, and I need to go pick them up or help them. You know, we've been dealing with all this homeschooling stuff that, that we help with. And so life happens and you're going to have to remain flexible. But the, and, and so I want people to understand, like, it's not like this perfect because nothing's perfect. But if you keep your eye and you keep your focus on the goal of something that you're trying to do or something you're trying to launch, then typically you're going to be able to launch something and there's going to be some type of a result. So for us, the result is in January, I want to be able <clears throat> to at least have 10 people enter the program and finish the program in 30 days. And then that outcome, we will have changed 10 companies and probably hundreds of people because they have teams, their mindset and starting the new year off being the most productive that they can be. So definitely having a goal and working towards that goal. And so you have a finish line. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. And then, then there's no goal to be the most productive that you can be. Well, so, you know, what's amazing from this talk, you know, this amazing thing that I came to know is that, you know, you are not just helping businesses, you are actually helping a lot of families as well, because the people who will be working there, you know, productivity, if they could complete their work is just, you know, eight or nine hours a day, that's how much they are working and they're going back to their families. So there's some extra time with that. And besides that, you know, it's also good for their work ethics and, you know, all the work that they are doing, they become better employees. So, you know, you, you are not just, focusing on businesses, but you are actually bringing that change among those people, right? So that that's really amazing. So thank you for that, that you are doing it, you are helping those businesses out. Because, you know, in today's world, if we see the good things and the bad things, so most of the things that are highlighted are the bad things and good things never get highlighted like yours. So it's a really good thing. So thank you for helping all of those people out. Of what course. do you have to say on that? <laughs> 
it just, you know, it feels really good to be able to help a lot of people. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's all unicorns and rainbows because we have some people that they really struggle with change. And so being a positive outlet for them, no matter what is going on, because here's the thing that I learned in working in a mental hospital, you can look at somebody and they can look a mate. They can drive the best car. They can have the nicest clothes. They can have the best makeup and look beautiful, but you never know what's going on with someone inside or behind the scenes. You never know until they actually tell you, which most people aren't going to walk around in everyday life telling you what's going on behind the scenes unless you work at a mental hospital. And so it really taught me that, that no matter if someone's being negative or they're upset or they're crying or they're yelling at me or they're cussing at me, like, don't take, I had to, I learned, don't take it personal, be very patient and talk it through with them because I've had people come at me and do <laughs> say some really rude things. And, you know, I knew in the back of my head, this isn't about me. This is about something going on at home. It's much deeper. I'm providing, they think I'm providing change and frustration where I try to get them to pivot and reframe their mindset to know that I'm actually providing a solution if they'll give me the opportunity and they will listen and they will try to adapt to it and, and my team and I are there to support them, then exactly what you just said, we are able to make change with one person at work and then they take it home, they take it into their family life. And you know what? Some people realize like, you know what? I'm not happy here and and let's do something about it. Let's you know, there, there's stuff everywhere. Our, our family life is an absolute mess. Like, let's try to get on a little bit of a schedule. Now, listen, being spontaneous is fine. Like, I'm a very spontaneous person and I take a lot of risk. But I know that in order to make an impact and to leave a legacy and to make change, we call it potty train our brain <laughs> just to be fun. Yeah. And so I know that I have to potty train my brain sometimes. Otherwise, I'm simply wasting time and I'm wasting my life away. And so when I try to really empathize with what people are going through, which sometimes you have to do that and you hit the nail on the head. If you don't understand people then at work and you're not giving them what they need to be, to make them feel like they are being successful and they're meeting their goals, then they're not productive. And it's like they're sitting there and they're sitting at their computer, but their headspace and their, their focus and their productivity is somewhere else. So you've got to make sure that you can meet people where they are. And really, like, I cannot be, I'm not defensive. I, I, cause you never know, like, it's not about you. It's about that person. And so it feels really, really good to be able to make that impact and know that, you know, work-life balance, people can do it at work. And then, like you said, they can take it at home. And, and we love being part of that transformation. Well, that, that's really amazing to hear, you know, it, it, it is really amazing that, you know, helping people and the happiness that it gives us. So now coming back onto the productivity talk, uh, you know, we talk, when we talk about productivity, we also talk about focus. So suppose I have two things that I am doing right now. Suppose there is this coaching thing that I am doing right now. And then there's a business, another business, which is not related to that. And it's something else where I am putting my feet in. So how do you think, should I manage that? How do you bring productivity in both of that without losing my focus? Yeah. So, and that's a great question. So if you 
have the mindset of, you know, you need to work in your business and you know, you need to work with your clients and help them. But more importantly, you've got to block the time to work on the business. So I'm sure you hear that all the time. Don't just work in it, work on the business too. And so again, going back to the calendar, like for example, we had one client where he said Tuesday, Thursday, or my client work, you know, I'll work for 10 hours. He's an attorney, but Monday, Wednesday, those are his days to work on other projects that he is doing to build up in the future to help leave a legacy. Now there are emergencies. There are things that come up, but if he, if you have that mindset that, Hey, Monday, Wednesday, I'm going to work on this project. And, and, and the number one thing you've got to do is focus. You cannot allow the distractions that aren't an emergency. So your emergency, someone else's emergency is not your emergency right now. So it's different if it's like your child or your spouse or somebody that like really needs you. But I've potty trained all my friends, all my family, all my team members. And most of my team members, they have access to my calendar. So when, and we call them GSD days. So on GSD days, we are focused on doing one thing on we're focused on one goal it's just like when we do podcasts people think i'm crazy because i'll talk to 10 to 12 people in a day now yes it's 12 hour 12 hours out of my day but we batch that so my headspace is all around interviewing and talking to people and talking to them about their productivity and i love that and some people are like how can you talk to that many people in a day but it's the mindset of excitement and we only do it once a month Another day, we do all of our videos. So all of our productivity tips, all of our psychology tips, we take one day a month and we do all the videos for the next month. So when you can focus on doing very specific things, like you're working on a project and it's like the sooner, the more time you block, the sooner you're going to finish that project. And you know what? If you have a bunch of clients that you're working with, you have to be reasonable. It might just be one day a week or half a day a week. But how you can make sure that you meet those goals is to time block and shut the distractions out. We turn all of our notifications off. Our phones are on silent. You know, we do take a few breaks throughout the day. So if something comes up, but most people know, and we also tell our clients, and we're like, hey, when we're focusing on you and your work, we are 100% in, like our mindset is 100% there with you. So when we're with other clients or, or we're GSDing on the business, just remember, you can't just call and we're not just going to pick up the phone constantly. We schedule everything. And when I first started to do it and I had a coach teach me this method, I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my business. No one's going to wait for me. But it actually was the opposite. People started to respect our time. They started to understand that, you know, when you're young and you're hustling, time is money, but really time is precious. And so they start to respect the time. And if you only have an hour with them on Zoom or on a phone or in a meeting, it's like, let's use this wisely and not chit chat about other things. It's like, what's the goal? What do we need to get to? And let's use that time efficiently. So it starts to teach you to block the time so you can reach those goals. Wow. So just blocking the time and it can just, you know, make a lot of difference in our work life. So as you already told us that you have been an entrepreneur for more than 20 years. And for those 10 years, you didn't really, you know, take time for yourself. You didn't really have a work-life balance. So do you actually think that an entrepreneur, if he or she is working 
like day and night over her dream can they actually have a work life balance in the start <laughs> well you know i haven't seen it very frequently i, I mean most um i'm a mentor at an entrepreneur center and most new entrepreneurs or and when i say young entrepreneurs i'm not talking about age because there are some 50 60 year olds at the entrepreneur center that were in the military that worked um for a company for 30 years and then they retired and then they're like oh my gosh a i'm bored and b i had this idea and i want to make a difference and so age doesn't really apply to it but when i say a new entrepreneur I see that you know the first few years when you are really focused I mean you do have to put your head down and the, the number one struggle that I I still hear and and this happened to me too is that my family called me selfish that I was so selfish because I would come to Sunday dinners but my phone was right next to me and I was I was there but I wasn't there like mentally and so you know in the first few years you really do have to put your head down and i will say though if i had to go back and change it that i would focus 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 but when i'm at dinner with my family and and you do need to sleep sometimes people um but you're probably going to lose your friends you're probably going to you're probably going to people will will make stuff up about you but when you're so passionate about doing something and getting it done like i didn't really care at the time and what i started to learn as i did grow in my entrepreneurship entrepreneurship journey i started to make new friends and surround myself with new friends that were also entrepreneurs and we had so much in common and that's when my business and my life started to change because it can get very lonely at the top where you've like built something and you want your friends and family there to be so excited for you and and you want them to celebrate but they can't relate because the, they work a 9 to 5 job they don't understand what you've been through the nights that you have sacrificed the the days that you have stayed up and you know like if you're married or if you have kids like that's a whole nother i don't want to call it a distraction but you know you've got to lay boundaries where they're going to understand like mommy and daddy or or you know whatever like we're working we have our head down but you know what when you have that family time be present be present you might still be thinking about what's going on and you'll it'll be there for you tomorrow but you've got to learn to be present and that's what i wish that i could go back and change um but your lifestyle is going to change and your focus is going to change and so you know when i say young and i mean people that are 20 21 22 in startups and their friends are going out every weekend getting drunk you know partying and they're like what's well, friday and saturday night and i'm over here at the entrepreneur center learning how to build an empire <laughs> so yeah. you know you really got to start to learn how to surround yourself with people as you grow in entrepreneur entrepreneurship you know that that's something that i can totally relate to it's it's so relatable you know just friends going out on fridays and you know you you are practically broke in that sense that you can't spend that money or time time is more important and you can't spend that time into some things and they'll call you and if you are unable to go enjoy with them if they'll call you they'll feel that okay this guy doesn't want to be a friends with me anymore or this guy is not focusing on our friendship anymore so that that's actually you know really really relatable so you know I just get this one particular question a lot. Hey Karan, I am doing a nine to five job. I am doing a day job, and I wish to start a business, a side hustle. But I don't really, 
I can't really quit my job and I need to take some time off. I am working nine hours a day. How do I take my time? And the basic thing that I tell them is that just, you just need to prioritize your time. But what is the actionable advice from your side? What should they be doing to just take that time out if they wish to work on their side hustle or their side business? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I did it for seven years, but I didn't even know like what the heck I was doing. So, you know, I had a full-time job and, but I also, I was a competitive gymnast. And so as I was a gymnastics coach. And so I would go and work in healthcare from like 6am to 3pm. And then I would go teach at the gym from 4pm to 7pm. And then at the time, you know, I was meeting with couples. And so I might meet with a couple from 730 to 930pm. And, um, you know, at the time I was married, but then I got married very young, but he got deployed. And so while I was married, but it's still, you know, he wasn't around a lot. And so I had all this time at night and I, I wasn't sleeping well because I was worried about him. And so I would, I would meet with a couple and then sit up till two and three in the morning, putting inspiration boards together. And I was so excited. And then I would sleep two hours and then get up and then go back to, to work. And I mean, I did this five days a week. And so, but what that did for me and what that, the side hustle that it built for me is that more couples and the more weddings, the more events that we started doing, which by the way, most couples work during the day, so they can only meet at night. And then most events and weddings are on the weekends. So it did not affect my day job at all. And my day job was also pretty flexible. So if you have a side hustle and you're working, you know, as my parents would call it a real job <laughs> in corporate America, just make sure that you're doing something to where you like, I had great benefits. I had insurance. I, and I could save a little bit of that money. So that was paying my bills. And then I was able to start a side hustle. It was fun. I was very passionate about it. And little by little over the years, and this was all before social media, y'all. I mean, people now starting a business have a major advantage of utilizing social media and things are just really different now with all the tools out there. But there's nothing wrong with it. But I will tell you, there's going to have to come a breaking point in your life where you're going to have to stop. If you're going to do your side hustle and that's your passion and do it full time, there's going to come a point or, or, or something's going to happen where you're going to have to choose. Are you going to get Are you going to stay in corporate America and keep doing the same thing, which offers you likely not very many different opportunities and you're going to have to take a risk. But I will say like I did have you know, bank account. I did have money saved up. So when an opportunity presented itself for me to do my passion full time, there was money in the bank. Now, a few months went by and then I was like, oh, shoot, I got to pay these people. There's no more direct deposit in there. I got to figure something out. And I didn't know how to run a business. I uh, went to SCORE, which is a free and, and they do a lot of business classes online totally for free. I went to the library, which I don't even, I'm not a good reader. I didn't even read books, <laughs> but I didn't have the internet at home back, back then. So I went to the library. I joined this free organization of business mentors who taught me how to understand my numbers. And they also most importantly taught me how to charge and they taught me how to make money. And so if you're, if you're doing that, which again, lots of people do it, 
and there's nothing wrong with it, but just make sure on the side hustle portion that you take the time and it's not fun. It is still not fun to this day to, to understand how to actually run a business or partner with someone that their brains wired totally different than yours so that they can help you run the business while you're taking the risk and doing what you love and what you're passionate about. And remember, you can't do it on your own. So just, you never know when that day is going to come and you're like, you know what? Today's the day I'm, I'm going to get out of corporate America and I'm going to do my thing. But I will say plan, try to have some type of a plan where like in weddings, I had a five-year exit strategy because I wanted to focus on productivity and weird enough, this was year five. <laughs> so, and then all of our events were either canceled or rescheduled, which gave me the opportunity to focus more on the productivity because you can only be really known for something, especially online now for one thing, because it causes confusion to the consumer. If you're doing all these different things and you're putting it all out online, it, it's really difficult to be known for two or three things on the internet these days. And so I would just say, if you're doing that plan, have a plan and have some type of a soft deadline in your head where you know you have a certain amount of money saved and you know that you can actually continue to move forward with your passion. The other big thing these days is there's a lot of investors. There's, there's a lot of angel investors around. And if you go to the right groups and a lot of them are free and you learn how to put together a pitch deck and you learn how to pitch, go raise money. It, it, you know, it's unbelievable to me how people are intimidated. They think it's hard or people watch Shark Tank <laughs> and, you know, they learn that it's okay to go ask for help. It's okay to go and ask for money. Yes, you're going to have to pay that back. But if you get aligned with some really good business partners and some really good mentors that can help you accelerate your idea. And just remember, you can't do it all yourself. Wow. So, you know, that's exactly what I did. You know, I, I was working as a software engineer for around two years and I just quit. I, it took me around six months to make up my mind to quit and I quit and I wasn't working on anything else at that time, but I simply didn't like my job because there was no learning. There was no actual growth that I wanted or the learning that I wanted. And I just quit and I didn't have any idea what, what am I going to do? And then I planned and planned after that I planned and I had some savings and then I went on and on and on. And then I started working as a career coach. So yes, that, you know, we would have talked one year back uh, because <laughs> at that time uh, I really needed to plan that out. Although that wasn't a smooth thing. Uh, I don't regret it. You know, I don't regret leaving my job and working off on something of my own because I really believe that if you can just handle that, you know, being broke and just having little amount of money to invest in your business. And then there will be more expenses that will come up that you never knew at that time. If I think that that's right, I think you should jump into it. What do you think about that? Should people jump into it or planning is always good, especially when you are, you know, 23, 24. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You can plan things out in your head, but it doesn't ever happen like that. Absolutely <laughs> and not. And <laughs> so, you know, I am, after I like did the initial just jump, 
Um, you know, I didn't go talk to my family or anything like that because I knew that they were going to try to talk me out, out of it, like out of taking this opportunity that I had from this couple and like going on the road with them and like filming a TV show. And I'm like, oh my God, I have a whole nother job like these people, but it was like a full-time thing. And I knew I, here's the thing. If, if you have a good education and you are providing value in your current job, I bet you anything that if you jumped and you took a leap of faith and it didn't work out, I guarantee you, you can always go back and those, those people will take you back. Like if you're adding value or you can get back into whatever you were doing. And so I don't think it's a bad thing to just jump in sometimes because you got to learn the hard way sometimes and you got to fail fast. <laughs> and the, the quicker you fail, the more you're going to get back up and you're going to freaking figure it out because you know what? You hated your job so much and you hated your life and you hated get it up in the morning that you were going to figure out a way to hustle. So you never had to go back to that life. So there's nothing wrong with jumping, jumping in at all. But the one thing I will say is like, I come up with some ideas sometimes and they're not good ideas. <laughs> and so before you like, waste all this time, like test the market. And with social media, if you build up an audience, ask your audience what their needs are and how you can help. Like if you have a passion project or if you have a side hustle, always involve the people that are following you and always involve your audience. Because if you ask your audience, they'll tell you what you need. And just because you think it's a good idea and you want to build something and put it out there, it doesn't mean it's going to sell. So, you know, that saying like, build it, they will come, you know, from Field of Dreams' movie. That's not true in this world anymore. Like you, you really do have to market it and you do have to have a plan, but you can jump in cold feet. You're going to learn real fast and you're going to get frustrated. But what I will just say to encourage you is get a mentor, get someone that's done it and surround yourself with the right people. Listen to podcasts, listen to good business books and never stop learning especially if you're going to jump in cold feet. I don't think there's anything wrong with it because you, you fail fast and you learn fast and you get back up and then you grow something really fast. So, it, you know, it, it's two each is <laughs> their own. I, I, I like to play in a little bit, but I, I am all about a, a, taking risk and providing opportunities and taking on new opportunities. That that's really good mindset, actually. You know, that's exactly what I tell people. Just take the jump, especially when you are young, no one is dependent on you. You can take that jump, right? And social media, because we are talking about social media, you know, just last one question that I would like to ask you is that social media yeah. is a really pow powerful tool. It's it's so powerful that, you know, it's it's a it's it it is giving jobs to a lot of people directly and indirectly. But what is happening is that most of the people, as we know. 99% of people, at least 90% of people, they're just consuming content. They are not making any content. They are not using it as a job or an earning potential. So how do you think if I am someone, you know, I'm just busy with my job, but if I am at my job and I'm using social media a lot, uh, and how can I actually being, be productive and focus on my work when I have so much, you know, such grew, uh, a good, uh, grass is greener on the other side, social media post. How do I actually be productive in that scenario? Yeah. So if you are working a job, I mean, again, you got to get your job done at your job, right? That's why they're paying you and investing in you. But typically you have a lunch break and typically you have an end time. <laughs> and so there's nothing wrong with on your lunch break and at your end time 
planning to go and do some type of social media post or doing it on the weekends or now, I mean, there's so many softwares where you can actually schedule your stuff. So if you see that you're starting to build an audience on social media and the number one thing that you've got to understand is consistency. So if you start to post on Monday at noon, because that's your lunch hour when you're working your job, but listen, you get that little bit of a break and you're going to do a social post. And then let's say you don't work that job anymore, but your audience is dependent upon you posting around noon, you know, every day. Well, if you look at your analytics, and again, you have to have all of these apps and, and platforms set up correctly to make sure that you're getting the analytics. But if you don't prepare them and you don't tell them like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm resigning today, you know, then and I'm going to start posting or doing a live or, you know, doing whatever you're doing on at five o'clock, like, Hey, will that work for you? But I guarantee you, guess what? If you're, let's say you do it for two years, you probably have people following you that have a full-time job too, because they see themselves relatable to you. And so that minute that you take that leap and you take that jump and you start posting at night, you could potentially lose that audience because you, they're meeting you where you are. And so I would just encourage you that if you are building an online audience while you're doing your job, which again, there's nothing wrong with it, but make sure you communicate with them and you could actually start to really build up some other people who want to do the same thing that you're doing and you're an inspiration for them. But make sure that you communicate to them that if you're going to change when you're posting, when you're going live, whenever, whatever you're doing, communicate it to your audience. And then also, if you still have a full-time job, you have to remember in the back of your head, hey, my boss may see this. <laughs> so make sure that you're not doing something and you're not posting something on job time when your time and your me time and your side hustle time is your company, that's not their business. You can do what you want on your time. I mean, as long as it's not hurting a company in any way that you're working for, but it all goes back to being consistent and communication. Make sure you're communicating to your audience and making sure that you're being consistent. Well, that this has been a really nurturing talk for me. You know, I love talking to people and that's why I think I become a coach because that's one of the job where you can actually talk to a lot of people. And that's what I absolutely love. And again, this is, this has been really nurturing for me. I have learned a lot. And I think people listening to this episode have learned a lot. So thank you, Angela, for being on my episode. And this has been a really amazing talk that we have had because, you know, uh, all of these questions, I'll tell you truly, all of these questions, most of these questions I get every single day uh, regarding what is better, time management, task management, and all of that stuff. And, you know, sometimes I don't have an answer for that. And sometimes I do. If I do, I help them. And if I don't, in that case, you know, I am unable to help them. But I think from, uh, after today, I think I'll be able to help them if they'll have the same answers, uh, same questions. And at the same time, I can point them towards this episode. And you know, the, this is the thing about it, that this is my first ever talk on my podcast. You know, the, this is like the first one. So how did it go? What do you think Yay. about this talk? <laughs> I just started I in that. Great. Yeah, I love that you, you know, like you said, you're a newer business owner, and you took a leap of faith. And you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Like 
you are where you are for a reason. And I love that you did that. And people that are out there floundering, like not wondering, like, oh my God, what should I do? I don't even know what I want to do, but I know I hate my job and I know that I need to do something different. And that's where they should come and work with you and get a coach because I had coaches, I had mentors. And without those those coaches and mentors, I would never be where I am today. Now I had to do the work and I had to commit to it, but the coaches and the mentors, they provided me with a framework and they provided me with a strategy and with very specific things that I could focus on so that when new shiny opportunities came at me, I would be able, I would have a response to be able to say, no, like I'm working on this other thing, but it also held me accountable. That's the number one thing as a coach is you can help so many people be accountable to you to make sure that they actually can meet their goal and they can make a good informed decision on what they're doing. And so I love what you're doing. And I love that you are reaching out and you're connecting with other business owners and other experts in their respective field that can help you and also help your clients that you're helping. And then you build this strong team of experts so that, you know what, there in a year or so when you have all these episodes, you're going to have so many experts on your side and on your team where if someone asks a question and you're like, you know what, I haven't actually actually been through that before, but I have all these experts that I've had on my podcast and I bet you, you could go listen to the episode, get an answer or just reach out to them, just reach out to us. And that's how we get our content is people ask me questions every single day. And then I make a video and send them back the answer, but typically we're posting it online and it's not only going to help that one person, I bet you if that one person has that question, a bunch of other people have the same question. And then so getting your content and just having a conversation with people is awesome. So I commend you like congratulations on everything that you're doing. Thank you, Angela. And absolutely. I also love what you are doing because, you know, helping businesses that that's something, you know, that's that has something different in it, you know, being able to help someone. So that gives a totally different feeling. So Angela, thank you for coming on to my podcast and just, you know, helping me talk to just first person. You are the first guest on my podcast. So thank you for that. And, and I'll also mention your uh, email ID and your website uh, in the description so that people can you know reach out to you and more businesses can reach out to you and they can also get that help from you that I got from this episode. So thank awesome. you for being here, right? So how does You're that sound? You're so welcome. Maybe, maybe we'll be in touch and maybe when I'll have a team, I'll reach out to you and maybe we can work on that t- thing regarding productivity for my team. How, do, how does that sound? I would absolutely be honored. I would love it. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. I hope everybody has a wonderful day and keep on, keep on GSD and keep on getting shit done and stay productive and profitable. Yeah. Have a nice day, Angela. (laughs) Bye everybody.